Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. How does an economy that is more mindful and less mindless become a reality? Welcome to the Mindful Marketplace. I'm your host, Joel Skeen, and I'm happy to welcome you to the show where we ask experts, entrepreneurs, investors, and industry leaders for their perspectives on how all of us can, on every level, do our part to help create a more mindful marketplace. I am so excited about our guest today. She is a good friend of mine. She's a really incredible entrepreneur, um, and we're going to get to interview Kayla Edwards of Voyage Vintage. Um, But before we do that today, I wanted to talk with you guys a little bit. I know last week I talked about I'm going to be putting a larger focus really on the values of business and, you know, how I'm trying to implement them and how others can implement them too. And I want to talk today a little bit about value. So I was recently visiting my hometown for the first time in 16 years. Um, I grew up in an extremely rural part of Western New York. The village that I lived in had about 600 people in it. And the only industry that you could see for miles and miles was agriculture. The majority were dairy farms with a few potato and alfalfa fields to keep things interesting. (laughs) Um, I spent a good deal of time on my aunt and uncle's potato farm. And I saw how rewarding and also how difficult owning and operating a farm in America was. And I remember my uncle, you know, no matter how difficult times may have been, had held strong to his beliefs. And some of those beliefs were that hard work and being of value to others would ultimately pay off. I remember him once saying, you know, my idea of capitalism is that you do something valuable for someone else and you'll be paid based on the amount of value you give. So his philosophy meant that, you know, keeping his focus on the amount of value he added day in and day out, and he just kept faith that the market would take care of him. Now, my uncle was, of course, tapping into something deeper that goes back even further than, you know, the rise of capitalism in the 1400s. In fact, his observation that you get paid based on the value you add is a principle that has been true since markets and trade emerged among humans thousands of years ago. I learned a similar bit of wisdom when I was first getting into sales um, about eight, nine years ago. I was brand new, very green, and didn't know the first thing about how to you know, close someone. One of the best ideas that was introduced to me at that time was a quote from the famous sales trainer, Zig Ziglar. Um, he said, you will, you will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So that was a huge mindset shift for me, and it ultimately led to a huge shift in profitability for my business. Once I stopped trying to sell everyone and instead put a focus on how to help everyone, regardless of if I made a sale or not, my sales numbers went up. Once I stopped trying to recruit and hire people to my company uh, for what they could give me and instead focused only on mutually beneficial partnerships where I could put my focus on helping my people get what they want, I know not only found better people, but they wanted to stay with my agency long-term, reducing turnover. But here's the thing about a philosophy like that. It's really easy to say, and it's something completely else to actually live by. 
it's sometimes hard to put the needs of others over your own. It probably took me a year or two of being my own boss, honestly, and building my own business before I started to really understand it at a deeper level. Many of us get into business or investing for what we can get out of it. We love the idea of a great income or the freedom that entrepreneurship and capital can bring. But in my experience, if those external comforts are the driving force behind why we do what we do every day, at some point, it'll be easy to become sidetracked and discouraged or cut corners on our mission, treat our customers and business partners unethically, and even have to close up shop. And this is a trap that many fall into, especially in the early stages of a new venture, when cash flow is usually low and experience in business may be even lower. <laughs> and it's that desperation usually is then when it tends to be at an all-time high. And I know for myself, the times when I've been desperate to hit some numbers or pay my bills, it became more tempting to put my own needs above customers and above my people's. I believe that's a contributing factor to why 90% of businesses fall in their first few years. They allow desperation to derail them from the guiding principles that make their business work in the first place. Chief among them as a business owner is you only get paid based on the amount of value you've added to other people. You add a lot of value, you get paid a lot. Add no value, you go out of business. And you know it may sound too simplistic, but I think the undeniable truth in business and in life is that helping others is good and helping only yourself is bad. Recent psychology studies have backed this up. Studies have shown that people who practice random acts of kindness, which is called, you know, what they refer to as giving something of yourself without expecting anything in return, doing that actually increases reported happiness in the giver more than in the receiver. So we now have data to back up what we all know, that it's better to give than to receive. So the question for all of us today, regardless of what we do for a living, is how can I add more value to others today? How can I add more value to my clients and customers? How can I spend and invest my money in alignment with my own values? And how can I improve the day of my employees or coworkers? What can I, what, how can I make time with my family a truly valuable experience? So let's all remember today that the value we take is equal to the value we make. All right. I'm excited to get to talk to uh, my good friend and fellow entrepreneur, um, is Kayla Edwards, owner of Voyage Vintage. Kayla, first, thanks for coming on. Appreciate having you here. Super excited to be here. Yeah, so I should let everyone know, um, this is the first time that on this show that we're doing an in-person recording. So if it sounds a little different, um, that may be why. Um, Kayla is here visiting from where she owns her business out in Salt Lake City. And um, it's been, I want to ask you a little bit about how you're enjoying Western North Carolina these past few days. It's beautiful. I absolutely love the fall weather. All the leaves are changing and um, the thrift scores are great. So enjoying every experience, uh, including the food and the company. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned thrifting. So we didn't we didn't actually mention what your business does. So tell us a little bit about Voyage Vintage. Uh, you know, what what is it that you do and how uh, how do you help out your clients? Yeah. So Voyage Vintage is the part of my business in which I curate different collections based off of things I find out thrifting or out of state sales, garage sales, random dudes basements, um, and create collections of things I think are really cool. <laughs> and I do that and provide really cool photography to kind of showcase those items in the way that I see them um, in an artistic way. And then I use my other business, which is my Instagram, Kayla's Joy. It doesn't quote unquote, make me money, but it is a way that I'm really able to connect with uh, my audience and um, sometimes my customers as well. So people probably go thrifting for a lot of different reasons. I know I went a lot. Uh, I still go time to time because I just find it fun, honestly. But 
Um, and as a college student, <laughs> you know, uh, I would go all the time just kind of for my basic needs because money was low. I think that's a really common reason. Um, but I guess what is it that made that experience for you decide what made you decide to actually turn that into um, an enterprise, a business for yourself? Yeah. So in high school, I actually worked in a small resale shop, but it was clothing focused. So I actually thought I'd end up in clothing. I thought I would do a clothing store, whether it be vintage or just resale. Uh, but as things went on, clothing wasn't really connecting with people. And the first homewares drop I did, I sold out. And so that was kind of when I realized, oh, I have to transition into something because this is what people want from me and what I'm excited to give. And I realized I enjoyed the photography side of homewares so much more than the clothing side. And it gave me so much more inspiration um, from the art side of things. But yeah, so through high school and then college, I did a lot of styling with clothing, vintage clothing down in LA. And then it was just about a year or so ago that I started opening up my vintage shop officially and um, just decided to take the plunge and go for it. And now it's my family's main source of income. So I'm super, super thankful and super grateful that I get to be a treasure hunter for my day to day. It's great. That's, that's cool. You, you mentioned it kind of being a treasure hunt um, is, you know, I guess I'm curious when most people, when they may go into business, they, they might not think to look at used items, right? I think we have a culture that's very focused on newness on you always got to get the latest thing, the newest thing. Talk to me about what it's like about being in the business of, um, of, of used materials or of maybe slightly owned materials. And why does that excite you? What do you like about that? Yeah, I really love the phrase that I've heard recently that is old is the new new. Um, Old, vintage, resale, all that's kind of trending right now. I feel really lucky that my business kind of collided with this time that um, Gen Z is really connecting with being more conscious in their shopping habits. But um, gosh, I'm blanking on the question again. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to me about uh, being in business with with used items, you know, you know, we say kind of say one, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's true in this case? I think a lot of it is creativity or being able to see an item for what it can be outside of what it used to be. So something that used to maybe be used as a tool can be refashioned, but it's iron and can be made into a candle holder, things like that. Um, And being able to use your creative juices. I always got to go into a thrift store and rather than having media or the mall or different shopping tactics thrown at me, I got to really decide what my style was and what I liked and what materials I liked working with rather than being over-influenced and kind of losing myself creatively because of marketing tactics that are out there in the world. And, you know, you have so many advertisements all the time just telling you what is in style. But what if you take the time to actually step and take away all those lenses and decide what your style is? I I love that part. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you really hunt for those kind of timeless things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, what, um, what was that like though, making that transition into being, could you owned any kind of business before in the past? Um, was, you know, talk to me a little bit about taking that leap. Cause I know when I did that, it was a pretty scary thing. And I, I'm always interested in when other people have done that same thing. Yeah, I think, um, it was definitely scary. I probably have a self-inflated ego in the sense that I know myself and I know I'm a really hard worker. So I felt like if I could do it, 
I would do it. Um, but I have background in sales. I did retail sales, but also um, like direct sales with uh, cosmetics and things like that. And then I worked corporately in marketing and PR uh, and communications for a while and then transitioned over to this. Um, I think what is really fun about my side of things is my overhead gets to be really low. I get to really determine what my overhead is. So when I was first starting out, I used our spare bedroom to store everything that I was finding. Um, But when you're working with discarded goods that no one else sees value in, it's perfect because you see all the value. Um, And that's really where the beauty is, where I might be able to find something for $2, but after research, finding the designer, finding the materials, all these different things, it might be worth $250. And so that's really where perspective value comes in, where someone donated it, didn't see the value, right? Then someone priced it, didn't see the value. Then it sat on the shelves Then at some point I arrive at that thrift store, I can see on the ticket, it's been there for three months and I'm the first person to ever see its value. Um, And I think that that's what's really fun because it changes your perspective of value like you were talking before, where it really comes down to a personal, it's more personal. Um, And that's where connecting with your client base, you can share that value with them. And I really like showing people my process, taking them out thrifting with me, showing the restoration process, um, showing the research process so that they can really understand where the value is coming from, from their items. And as they own them, they get to have that information for themselves as well. Yeah. And as you're talking, what I'm realizing is like, of course, there's a value in an object. There's a value in an item that may be useful to us or beautiful to us. Right. Um, but there's value also in not wasting. Mm-hmm. Like there's value in in making a in giving something a second life that would have just been thrown into you know a garbage can and into a landfill at some point. And so I really love that you're not only creating value for the people that you work with, but that you're in the process you're you're cutting out something destructive, therefore adding value back really into the world and into the marketplace as a whole, you know, does that, does that ring true for you? Absolutely. And I think you can see it, like I said, with Gen Z having a approach and really liking old things recently, um, you kind of see other stores taking on that. You see Urban Outfitters is trying the resale business on on their site. You have Levi's asking people to donate their jeans so that they can resell them on their website. You have Madewell requesting gene donations and they give you money towards buying new jeans. And so you can really see um, these businesses trying to reevaluate their approaches. They realize people do appreciate caring after items and knowing it's going to last. And they're kind of trying to battle with that because it disrupts their industry when people actually take the time to appreciate and hold on to the things that matter to them. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So you've, you, you mentioned being in marketing and in sales before I've noticed that the way that you interact with your clients and the way that you interact with kind of the people, you have a lot of return people. Um, you, you're, it doesn't seem like it's kind of a one and done situation. Um, talk to me a little bit about your approach in marketing. Cause when I've looked at your when I've looked at your stuff online, you're not really doing much selling a lot of times online. You're kind of really doing more educating. Um, talk to talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I use the Instagram Kayla's Joy as that educational side of things. Um, for me, I've always had that account and it's always been one of the things that I love doing. And for 
most of my life it's been thrifting. So it's kind of evolved into that. Um, but it's made a way that I can naturally share my shop without oversharing my shop. Um, and I'm always so surprised how often whenever I do share my shop in my stories, I will always get a message of, oh, I had no idea you even had a shop. And so I run with the fear that I'm sharing it too often. Um, but apparently I'm not even sharing it enough. So um, it, that's always super interesting. And I think it goes into that sales side where sometimes it can take someone seven times seeing something before it actually clicks for them. And so using my side profile to do that gives me extra exposures um, within those seven exposures that are a little bit different um, and just kind of staying in their mind's eye. But it's also like if they enjoy what they're seeing or they might see something I find, they know, oh my goodness, at some point that's going to show up on her shop page unless she decides to keep it for herself. <laughs> and so it allows people to interact with me and ask, oh my gosh, where did you find that? Or um, what was the maker? Or can you tell me more about that? that item or I have something so similar and being able to help people kind of learn more about what they already have or what their grandparents might have given them. Um, I get a lot of messages about people trying to figure out how to care for their wood or restore leather on their couch or their jacket or just different things like that. And um, that doesn't make me any money, but I love being able to help people extend the life of the things that they cherish. And that's worth it to me. And it gives like you said, value to them that they know that I'm a resource. But if they like me and want to support me, they have a really direct way to do so. And they get a beautiful product in return. And you've taken this uh, to, kind of to the extreme at times. I remember seeing some posts of yours where you were basically giving away all your secrets. You were telling people where you got your best stuff. You know, it, it, most people would have looked at that and been like, oh, she's crazy. She's giving away her secrets. Why, why, why would you, why would you give that to your competition? Why would you educate people who could possibly be like a competition for you in a way? Um, I'm, I'm community over competition every day. I, I believe there is enough out there. Um, the U S is like consumer nation. There is enough for all of us to find. And I love being able to walk into a store and see someone whose carts overflowing and there's not a single item in their cart that I'm interested in. And it just goes to show all of us have different tastes. So I'm not concerned that someone's going to go take my favorite spot and steal all of my goodies that I might find because that's the nature of thrifting and, and sourcing things that are different is it comes down to eye, it comes down to knowledge, it comes down to random timing. You know, the amount of times I've walked into something and I see them carrying out the best find I could ever see and the moment it hits the floor, I grab it. Um, it happens but it's about timing. It's not about the location. So I can tell them the information, but it's a mix of luck and a, big, a mix of knowledge. Um, and I think that that's where the secret sauce is, is you kind of have to have a fun combo of both and then a hint of imagination. I can guarantee you that there is someone listening to this right now going like, okay, what are some of her tips? Because you've obviously been able to turn thrifting into, you know, not only something that you find great finds for yourself, but you find great finds for this entire community that you've built. Um, so if you have, do you have like, is it possible to narrow down to like three or four of your of your biggest tips that you give people, whether they're trying to start their own business like you, or whether they're just trying to, uh, to really maximize their time. Absolutely. I think the main tip is to familiarize yourself with what quality looks and feels like. I do not 
touch things very often while I am shopping. I am very visual. So some people are digging and digging and digging. I am scanning, scanning, scanning. I know what iron looks like. I know what iron feels like. I know how heavy it is. I know all of these different things, whether it be leather versus higher quality leather versus really crappy quality leather. Um, And I can tell that just visually because I've spent time researching that. The same thing comes down to denim. I can walk by a rack and just kind of fondle the ridges and I can tell which ones are good quality denim and actually worth pulling out to even look at. So I can walk into a thrift store, for example, and be in and out with a cart full in 15 minutes just because visually I know exactly what I'm looking for. So my biggest tip is to take yourself to the mall, walk through some expensive stores, go to the stores that are totally out of your budget, feel it, smell it, touch it, secretly lick it, um, and really familiarize yourself. Get yourself kicked out of the mall. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Get security called on you. Um, and that's, that's the biggest tip is, is knowledge is power with that. Um, and really curating your taste and knowing what you're looking for before you even go in is going to be your, your greatest asset. That's awesome. Uh, where else can people find you to follow you, to learn all this great stuff and to follow your journey in your business? Yeah. If you're looking for a thrifting best friend, someone who's not going to gatekeep any secrets from you. Um, You can find me on Kayla's Joy on Instagram and TikTok. And then you can find my shop Voyage Vintage on Instagram. We might be moving into other places soon online, but for right now, that is where you can shop. And I do local downtown Salt Lake pickup, but I also ship out any and all of my smalls. All right. Last question for you. You went out with uh, my wife, Whitney, the last two days and got to take over the thrifting um, scene here in Asheville. Any impressions? Absolutely. Something very fun about North Carolina is um, it's one of the only states that still produces high quality furniture um, in the States. So there's so many great finds that you can find out here just because of what's being manufactured and therefore being donated over time. Um, We were at the bins recently and found a gorgeous mid-century Haywood Wakefield chair that I forced Whitney to buy. I was like, I cannot leave this store. It's it's $10. You have to get it. Um, I will help you figure out how to make it perfect. And um, it's, it's moments like that where, you know, everyone's in the bins looking for the gold mine and everyone walked past that chair because it had a really ugly cover on it. But I knew there was something interesting underneath those pillows. So um, I highly recommend coming out here and getting your thrift on, getting your drink on downtown. It's a great, great town to get to visit. And I'm definitely going to be coming back um, to, to scope it out and see what finds I can have. But you will be able to find my finds on Voyage Vintage. I did do some sourcing out here and brought a suitcase to bring some beauties home. So stay tuned. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on Kayla. Um, Listen to this episode as well as all the other episodes from the mindful marketplace and from all the other really great hosts that we have here on bizradio.us. Go to bizradio.us and click on the episodes tab uh, or the shows tab. You can also go visit and find me directly at mindfulmarketplaceshow.com. All right. Take care of yourselves and take care of someone else. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.